Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, the podcast where we get into everything biotechnology related. My name is Matt and I want to thank you all for joining me today. If you like what I'm doing, please like, subscribe, or leave me a comment. Let me know what you think of my take on all these companies or different companies that you think I should be focusing on or anything else. And uh, tell a friend if you think that they could use some, uh, if they could gain something from watching any of these YouTube videos. So today I'm going to give an update on a bunch of different companies and uh, based on just the earnings reports that we ha had come out recently. So uh, a few companies have reported their earnings and I think there's a, a few noteworthy things that we can talk about today. So I'm not going to do a deep dive into the science really, but really just give an update on what I think is going on and where I think the companies are going to go moving forward from here. So the company I'm going to talk about is are Matrical, Amune, Atomus, uh, I'll touch on Illumina, and Spark. So there, there was some drama going on with that. They took a huge hit uh, this week based on their update from their Phase 2 trial. So we can see here that uh, I had a nice drop in my portfolio from uh, just over 15 to about just over 10, and that is largely due to the drops in Madrigal and Spark. So we'll talk about that a little bit and uh, yeah let's get into it so first one I'm going to talk about is Atomus so they reported their Q2 earnings and uh, these are the the numbers that we're, we're very interested in because they have their product Gokovri which is has an indication for dyskinesia um, levodopa induced dyskinesia in Parkinson's patients so we uh, we had some goals or I had some targets in mind that I was hoping that they would reach and so far they're doing okay I think and uh, the market, you know, continues to, to be bearish on them. They closed at the end of the week at 23.10, which is not very encouraging given the numbers that we saw. So I think the the negativity around this stock is due to the sort of lackluster revenue that they pulled in because the number of scripts that they've been getting from this medicine is actually quite uh, within, within line of what we would expect. So they announced that Q2... They had 3,430 paid scripts of Gokovri from 970 prescribers. So if you look at their original marketing material for the medicine, they mentioned that there was 6,500 total prescribers that they were going to try to target. And for our model of what I thought, I was hoping that they, by the end of the year, they would get 4,000 patients and about $40 million in revenue. And for that, uh, if we calculate back the net present value, the stock would be worth about 60 bucks. So they reported that they uh, uh, achieved $7.6 million in revenue for Q2. So that puts the first half of 2018, their revenue at $10.1 million. So that's only a quarter of what we would expect uh, for the entire year. And, you know, given that Q1 had such a low amount of revenue as they're ramping up this medicine, it's likely that the second half of 2018 we'll see a, a larger boom in revenue because we really want to see that $40 million in revenue by the end of this year. And so they're already at 3,400 patients, and the goal that I had set out was 4,000 patients, so I think that's pretty good so far uh, in terms of the end of 2018. But their stock continues to... to uh, be lackluster. So I'm not very excited about that. Other things they talked about in their earnings call is they're, um, they're enrolling patients for their phase three for the MS walking study, which would bring in a lot of revenue if they could get that indication. They um, 
they mentioned that most insurance plans are covering the the medicine except for this uh, donut hole that they talked about for Medicare, which is kind of a cap that Medicare has for for some of the for patients that use all of their Medicare budget. So, uh, other than that, they talk about um, they they are not telling us information on the refill rates, which I find is relatively uh, curious. I don't know why they they wouldn't actually just tell us how many customers are refilling the medicine. But they, they mentioned that they're happy with the durability of it. So I think they're they might be waiting to collect all the data for the year for us to give to give us like a complete picture of what's going on. But I don't know, that seems surprising because we want to know how many customers are actually coming back and using the medicine again before we can really put our faith behind it. So yeah, so I'm gonna hold on to the stock. I'm not gonna double down because I uh, I really wanna see how these numbers look by by the end of the year. So uh, gonna hold off on this, but disappointing that it continues to um, stay below 25. And uh, and even though the there was a, an original increase in the stock right after the report, it was quickly sold off. So, you know, we'll see as it goes. All right, so I want to get moving on to Amune. Uh, most boring stock in the last few months. All it's been doing is going between 28 and 32, and uh, with no news really. So, this. I think we're really waiting here is the um, for them to actually start selling the medicine to people. So they saw really good data in their peanut allergy AR101, and they're going to submit a biologics license application to the FDA in the second half of this year. Uh, so hopefully that goes without any problems. There shouldn't be any problems, but it's just going to lead to a lot of boring stock action. So the milestones that I have here. Um, they have other trials, like extension trials, that they're looking at for peanut allergy. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything surprising. Um, they're they're also changing the age group for their study, so that's that's interesting. Um, they're doing another study in collaboration with Regeneron and Sanofi with an adjunct this uh, this antibody that's been shown to help in different allergy indications. So, I think they're they're trying to see whether or not AR one hundred one is um, the effect that they see is enhanced by treatment with this medicine here. So that, that should be interesting. But the, the other ones that are going to be real catalysts, I think, are whether or not they, they can do this product, use their system in different allergies. So if they can do it for egg, if they can do it for walnut, I think that would really set them up to be this world leader in um, desensitization therapy for different food allergies. So that uh, that would be really neat. But we really need to see how the sales go for AR101 in peanut allergy. So we're probably not going to see that until actual sales numbers until next year at some point. So this stock is going to continue to be relatively boring until then. Okay, so moving right along, Magical Pharmaceuticals, we have been seeing this huge fade from their highs of about 320. And I have a couple different theories on why I think this is going on. So the original thesis on why I did not want to sell around here, which in retrospect is kind of stupid. Uh, if I could do it again, obviously hindsight 2020, I would have sold about 80% of my shares here, which wouldn't have been that many, but, uh, and then just let the others ride and see, see whether or not we can get more upside. But because I decided to hold on to all of my stock, uh, I've seen a big decline in my profits from this company. So, 
uh, it's not ideal and I'm really considering just going ahead and doing that and taking the selling around here just so I can lock in some profits because I bought around I think it was uh, 150 originally before the news of their phase 2 trial came out but uh, I, I refuse to sell because I'm waiting for this buyout uh, these buyout rumors to actually materialize. But in retrospect, you know, buying the company at its peak value isn't always ideal for, for big pharmaceutical companies. So they might wait for the stock to actually settle on some, in some range before they make a, an offer. So not sure exactly what's going to happen with that. I also think that the uh, negativity in Magical is going in line with the positivity that's been seen in Intercept uh, Pharma, ICPT. And if you've read any of my previous stuff, you know that I think that the drug is trash. I don't think it has a lot of long-term value given that it has so many negative side effects. But ICPT was upgraded by Goldman and Wedbush. So uh, they saw a big increase in their price to well over $100, which I think is paying way too much for Intercept. I, I just don't think that... Um, you know they're gonna, they might have a first mover advantage if they see positive results in phase three, but I don't think their drug is going to last very long because people are quickly going to switch to something else that has a much better safety profile, which you can see in the Madrigal drug as well as the uh, Viking Therapeutics, which is a similar drug to Madrigal. So, you know, I think that's kind of what's going on now too. And if Intercept does get a buyout, that might change how people look at Madrigal, even though I think they are also a buyout candidate. So. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I am considering selling some stock just so I can lock in some profits, and I feel like kind of an idiot for not doing it before. But hey, this is uh, this is the game that we play. All right. So the last thing I want to touch on today is Spark Therapeutics. So for those of you who have been following the gene therapy space, it's uh, it's kind of a uh, interest of mine. So Spark is, is one that I had a decent stake in and then I sold a bunch and then um, have been holding on ever since. So right around, what is it? It's the end of 2018, there was uh, some negativity in their data um, presented at, I think, Ash or something and, and their stock saw a large decrease and then all this hype went on and they, they continued to get bullish increases in their stock. And then a few days ago, they announced their earnings report and they gave an update on their, their phase two data for, I forget what the product is called, but their hemophilia A product in, uh, in the gene therapy space. And the, uh, they saw good numbers in terms of a reduction in annualized bleeding rate and annualized infusion rate, which every company also sees. So Biomarin and Sangam in particular, they, they also see very good numbers in this, in this way. And when it comes to actually getting the drug to people, the prescribers want to see the least amount of side effects possible. So, unfortunately, uh, where is it here? So, out of the patients, so I hate that these trials have such a few number of patients because it's hard to know whether or not it's just a one-off thing and these patients are particularly sensitive if they had a bad effect or if it's actually a systemic thing that the company needs to worry about. So... Two of the patients who got their highest dose, the 2 times 10 to the 12 uh, vector genomes per kg, they uh, had a reaction, an immune response to the vector, and they one of them had to be hospitalized, and they had to get corticosteroid injections to uh, lower the amount of inflammation that was going on regarding the use of this vector. So 
this is the news that has people very upset and it's because Sangamo and Biomarin neither of these companies have seen have needed to use any corticosteroids and neither of them have had to to um, have any hospitalizations or anything and they're able to get the reduction in bleeds so on its face it looks like it's not uh, very good for Spark I'm not as negative as everybody else and maybe I'm biased but you know with every one of these therapies you, you have to understand that once you hit a certain amount of virus you will get a reaction in people an immune response now if your virus is perfect maybe not but you know your immune system is programmed to detect things and once it does detect something at a certain level it's likely to trigger a response so the unfortunate part is that spark needs this many 2 times 10 to the 12 vector genomes per kg in order to actually get an effect it seems so they didn't talk about the low doses and whether or not they saw a positive effect yeah so they don't really break down how the the different doses were able to lower bleed rates but they just say that across all of the doses they've seen this 97% reduction in analyzed bleed rate so there's kind of some there's some uncertainty regarding how effective different doses are and how, how that all breaks down and the spark CEO she said that by the end of the year they're gonna have like an overall wrap-up of the study and they're gonna present clear data at that point and that would be nice because there's a lot of things, a lot of th unknowns that we really want to get answered. And so far, Sangamon and Biomarin have been a lot clearer in this respect. So one thing uh, also to note, so Bi Biomarin is much further ahead than Sangamon and Spark in this area. They've already enrolled for their Phase 3 trial because they saw very good data in Phase 2. So in their Phase 2 for Biomarin, they, uh, this is the uh, Q2 results that, that I have up here. They had very uh, good numbers in terms of bleed rate and uh, inf annualized infusion requirements. And the number of vector genomes that they need is actually higher than Spark, but their vector doesn't seem to cause as much of an immune response as, as Spark. And they're able to get um, sustained expression of factor eight. Now, their expression level is lower than Spark. Uh, I don't think I can pull it up here but all you really need to get is this like 10% um, factor activity level in order for you to reduce the number of annualized bleed rates. So I think it's much more dangerous to get too much expression of these factors because then you, you get thromboembolic, thromboembolytic events that can be life-threatening. So that's something that Biomarin is, is actually really good at. They, they get this like subtle increase in expression in these patients and they're able to lower the analyzed bleed rate and uh, and they're not getting any serious adverse reactions. So Biomarin is, uh, is, is doing really well in this area and they're also further ahead of Spark and Sangamo. So I'm considering taking a position in Biomarin to hedge my position in Spark because they're, they're, just, they're doing a very good job at this. Sangamo on the other hand is, is very they're still early in their phase uh, one two study for SB five two five, and here they they just have these like three bullet points that people seem to be very bullish on, but didn't really tell us very much. So they uh, they they haven't had to use steroids. They were able to get what they call therapeutic factor eight activity levels, and uh, and they see a dose dependent effect. And of course, if you have too few number of patients. I don't know how easy it is to say that it's actually a dose-dependent effect, but it is what they say. And so 
here they they also mentioned that the factor eight activity level uh, above 12 percent is of normal is able to reduce the negative effects of hemophilia so this is all they really need is to get around higher or around 12 percent to uh, to get the good uh, effect that hemophilic patients want so I, uh, I think I'm going to buy some more stock in Spark. I haven't yet because I bought some other stuff that I'm going to tell you guys soon. But I think the negative effect or the negative uh, sentiment around Spark is a bit overblown. I think that the drug still has a lot of potential. And uh, even though they, they saw these severe adverse events, um, I really think that the, the phase three, they want to move ahead in phase three with this 2 times 10 to the 12 dose, which I think might be a mistake. If they go ahead with that, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit cautious because they're going to have to talk to the FDA about this. And given that two patients out of the seven who had this dose had those negative effects, uh, you know, you worry about doing a larger trial, whether or not you're going to put people's safety in, in jeopardy. And it's also making me a little bit worried because if they're seeing a positive effect at their lower doses, why are they using such a high dose? if they're getting a positive effect in the low dose and they're not getting any severe adverse reactions in that dose. So let me uh, couch my my answer. So I may buy more Spark based on how the this plays out. So I'm going to wait and see whether or not their data comes in, their, their final report on their phase two. And based on that, I'm going to decide whether or not to buy more or not. I am, however, going to buy some Biomarin because I think that they are going to lead the pack when it comes to gene therapy in hemophilia. They also have a lot of other, other drugs in the pipeline that I think will do well. But based on what we're seeing here, I think the reaction against Spark might be overblown. So we're going to wait and see and, and see how it plays out. Sangamo, I'm not even going to look at. It's way too early, so I uh, I don't want to be part of it. They uh, Sangamo also looked at the non... Uh, non-human primate data of the different doses of vector and how it it led to different um, factor eight levels. So um, biomarin is able, it just gets a subtle effect. Uh, Spark gets more and Sangamo gets higher. I don't know if they're they're trying to be proud of seeing a 229 percent increase in factor eight levels. Uh, this is very high and this could probably lead to severe thromboembolytic events. Maybe they're only using. I'd have to look at the dose. Yeah, so they don't talk about the dose here, but I assume they're they're not using this dose because you don't want to get this effect. But the the potency of the vector is important if your vector uh, is likely to give some sort of immune response. So for Spark in particular, this is important because their two times ten to the twelve dose, got down here, uh, gives an immune response in some people. So the potency is important for that for that. Uh, per, for that reason. So I don't know. But the, the other thing is that we don't always see that the non-human primate data doesn't necessarily compare to the human data. So this is just a surrogate using a different model. But uh, the Spark data has shown that the non-human primate data doesn't necessarily match the human data. Anyway, and uh, so the other thing too is the Biomarin. So this is the Biomarin um, data. We've seen here that or I guess this is only the peak, but Biomarin in their 6 times 10 of the 13 vector genomes per kg, they're able to get this uh, this relatively stable amount of expression um, of activity in uh, in patients that have been on the drug for, or, you know, they got one infusion 
and up to 78 weeks they're still able to see that that expression so overall gonna buy some biomarin gonna hold off on spark but consider buying more uh, based on how the rest of this year wraps up for them and uh, and that's pretty much the wrap-up I want to talk about with uh, regarding those four companies so you know let me know where I'm off base guys and uh, we can talk about it in the comments so overall I'm in line right now with the XBI the S&P 500 continues to chug higher even though we might see a little bit of increased volatility as uh, Friday was a was a relatively hectic day in the markets um, I didn't talk about Illumina, but they're continuing to kill it. I might increase a little bit of my position here because I think they're just such a stable increase in growth company. Uh, I increased my position in Fate when it was down about under 10 bucks. Uh, I thought you know there was no reason why it was down that much, so I bought a little bit more. So my uh, increases, the percent increase that I'm seeing right now is is due to that. I uh, I also bought a little bit more Bluebird on on the dip here, so. Uh, my cost basis is now like 160 something so still not doing still below uh, zero at that point but you know it's a it's a long game a little bit so with that I want to thank you guys all for watching let me know what you think like subscribe or leave me a comment and uh, with that I'll talk to you guys later thanks for watching